Um, if you're new, hi. If you haven't met me before, hi. Uh, very quickly, I just need to take a couple minutes just to introduce myself. So my name is Tico. Um, I have the privilege, along with my wife, to pastor the church in, in Christchurch. Uh, was not our intention to be the pastors of the church, uh, but by the grace of God, uh, we've been uh, given that responsibility. And um, if you want to get to know my story, I hope I can stick around for a little bit after this. But I have two sons, uh, Simeon and Reuben. Uh, Simeon is will be 22 in July. Uh, sorry, in October, Labor Weekend. There's a story about that. Um, and uh, I have a soon-to-be 20-year-old. Um, so, yeah, who are both awesome. They're at home. They're serving this morning in church. Uh, love Jesus and have their own testimony. Uh, my wife is a teacher. We've been married for 24 years this year. Um, yeah, I look like I'm 20, right? <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, yeah, so, um, but I have a real privilege to be here this morning. I consider Mayor and Dave great friends, and uh, we've journeyed, as Dave has said, um, for many years, and um, always love our conversations and hangouts. Uh, we need to do more of that, but um, yeah, you've got great pastors. You have great leaders, um, people who have transitioned this house from, <laughs> Right? And, um, and it's amazing. Like, you were in the room. I thank you for being in the room and for choosing to make this your home. Um, yeah, like you guys, um, just, I think there's a grace on this house, um, not just to play church, but to affect the world for Jesus. And the very people that you meet, I, I'm envious of you guys who work in the marketplace because you interact with people who, who need to know about Jesus. Uh, I work in full time in our offices at Christchurch, uh, so I have to get myself out of the office to meet unsaved people. My background's in um, hospitality. I've worked in the airline industries for nearly eight years, uh, but before that, I've uh, worked as a youth, as a youth worker, uh, relating to kids in church and out of church. So I'm an evangelist at heart, really, um, but I love God, and I just love people to, to take one more step closer to Jesus. That's the whole point. Um, and I said to God, I will only do this if you're with me, and I need to enjoy this. The minute this sucks, I'm out, because I need to go back to the marketplace. Um, and so every like, hear my heart, like I'm, every moment I'm just going, God, unless you're with me in Timaru, I don't want to do this. I don't want to just be some, some guy who just turns up and says some words and goes, unless your people encounter you, then... This is just another traveling salesman, hey? No offense to any salesman in the house. I think you do a great job. But imagine if you realized what you could do because you, like, you, you go into every office, into every place, and you get to be hands and feet of Jesus, right? So that's what I love. Um, a great to meet is Pev. Pev. I met this brother this morning. And, you know, like, we're just, uh, just a prophetic word for you, man. Like, where, where you're at right now is not where God wants you to be long term. But he is, he's going he's gonna to bring a shift in you. Here's the thing. In the darkness of where you are right now, be faithful steward of what he's given you. Don't forget there are people standing around you that you need to be salt and light to. Yeah? And this is where you'll grow. This house. 
yeah, this is a house where you'll grow. So I know you've just started serving here. Like I started serving at Equippers doing the dishes. Don't discount cafe team. Don't discount ushering team. Don't discount being on the production team, kids team. Like together, the body of Christ, as we do our jobs, people get saved. And, and sometimes we, you know, we're on the grind of ministry. And you're like, oh, I've just got to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, do all this stuff. But lives get changed. And so that's why I do what I do is because of that. Okay, let's get into the Word. You good? If you've got your Bibles, hold it in your hand. Um, and if you're young and you've got one of these, you're allowed to use it for the purposes only to read Scripture and take notes. Um, and uh, so that's cool. Um, you guys good? Cool. Have you ever had the experience um, where you've run out of something? Yep. So housewives or, you know, anybody, if you're a human, we all experience running out of stuff. Um, last week, I encountered my car running out of petrol. Like, it didn't stop on me, but I was this close. And I had to get from one side of town to the other. And it wasn't until the car <laughs> kept telling me, bing, 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 bing. I needed to fill up. It, it gave me a bit of a scare because I was like, who do I call? Who, do I, who am I going to uh, disturb to come and help me because I wasn't watching the gauge? Who am I going to call out? Who am I going to unsettle to come and, you know, and so, uh, you know, at home, you look in your pantry, you've got the dinner planned and everything's good, and you'd assume that you'd have some self-raising flour. You never run out of self-raising flour, right? It needs to self-raise. <laughs> and so, and so that's, and so you, you, and you go, oh, I thought I had enough, but I ran out. You know, when you're, you're going to write, write this massive check, business people, and, and, and you're starting to scribble, and the pen runs out of ink. You know, like that's, I actually did a wedding where I took a pen, and as they were signing the register, it ran out. And I was like, that's a word from the Lord. <laughs> but it wasn't. Just got a new pen and write. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not only joking. But we all know what it feels like to run out. We all know what it feels like to run out of juice. Uh, so I just want to very quickly uh, share with you uh, an encounter that Jesus had. Actually, his first miracle that he had. Um, so he's hanging out with his mom and, you know, grown man still hanging out with his mom. That's a cool thing. Uh, so turn with me to John chapter 2. <laughs> There's 11 verses that um, we're going to focus on. But I'll, I'll just speak and, um, and, and you just kind of... Find bits in the story because um, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a story that, that for me helps me understand what Jesus did. And I pray that it helps you. Just for the, for the sake of, uh, you know, if you haven't been to Bible college, that's actually okay. I'm here to just give you a few bits, tips of, and, and some information about the context of this story. This is Jesus' first miracle. So he hasn't done anything amazing up to this point other than being awesome son. First miracle. 
um, the second thing you need to understand, so he was invited with his mom to this, we- to this wedding feast. Now, wedding feast, I'm not sure um, whether we're all on the same page, but like in, uh, in when I got married, it, was a, like a, it wasn't just one day. It took a while. And so everybody who's got dibs on your life wants to do something. So in my culture in Fiji, there's all these things that uh, are put in place before the actual wedding day. Um, and so here, in the context of this wedding, back in the day, weddings lasted like a week. Okay, so it's amazing, right? Yeah, um, if, amazing if you're a guest, but imagine if you're the host, right? So just keep that in mind as we talked about the wedding. Um, and, and wine uh, is one of, those dr- one of those drinks that would just kind of go from the start of the week to the end of the week. Now, let me just say, this is cultural context. This is not necessarily our cultural context. So this is not a yay for wine, right? I'm not, I'm not endorsing that. I'm just saying, let's just keep in mind what the, what the context of the day would, would, would have been. This, the, the third thing I want to say is, um, if you hosted a party and you ran out, you could actually get fined. You could actually get fined. So the hosts of the wedding could actually get fined and shamed out in the whole community for running out. So as we read this story, let's keep this in mind, right? So shame, massive, right? And you've got to cater for the week. There was incredible value on hosting. It wasn't just about the couple getting married. How many know that's true? Often when you're about to get married, I remember I'm, I've done heaps of weddings, and they're all the same in the sense that the mom and the dad from both sides have an idea of what their wedding should be like. Yeah. And, and, and the, the two getting married, it's like, oh, but I don't know these people. Yeah, but we know them, and they did this for you when you were a baby and all that kind of stuff. So just think about, so this is all natural stuff that we go through as a family. So the hosts without the bride and groom actually realizing there are people in the room. So I'm not sure how the connection is with why Jesus was there. Could have been relationship. Could have just been around them knowing Mary, the mother of Jesus. Cool. So as we look into the scriptures, Jesus relates to Mary. So wine runs out. And Mary's standing probably in the corner looking around. And she's one of those mums who knows what's going down without saying anything, right? Like my mum's like that. She's super host. And if she's not involved in the organization, she'll be scanning to see everything going on. And, and Mary would have seen that the, the, the waiters or the waitresses are kind of like all rushing around going, oh my gosh, we, we're running out. Did you hear about we're running out? Shh, because we don't want the guests to hear. So Mary's kind of locked in on this conversation. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then she would have turned to Jesus, and Jesus would have been like, "Don't." Right. So in the scripture, you 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 see this interaction, and it actually says Jesus says to her, "Woman." Now in my culture, imagine calling your mama, "Woman." Right. 
So we were like, oh, disrespectful Jesus. But he wasn't. Right? Now imagine this. So, you know, Mary brought Jesus up. And we're at this moment, right? So mother-son relationship. And at that moment, this was now the creator of the universe relating to Mary. So it doesn't really say that, but I'm kind of going, man, like this is Jesus now as creator speaking to his mother, the one he created and calls her woman. First miracle is about to happen, right? So Mary's just like, so Jesus says, woman, my time is not here yet. And so she totally ignores what he says, turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. How many people have got mums like that? I don't want you to do that and walks away. And you know you're not meant to do that. So Jesus wasn't being rude. Jesus just knew my, my, my time is not now. So he says to them, looks over and he sees these ceremonial jars, right? And he, and he says like to the servants, fill those up with water. So you can imagine the servants going, dude, those are for ceremonial washing. Why are we filling that up with water? Like they didn't. They just did what he told them to do. So often we can get stuck on the process and the instruction and the, and, oh, but this is how this works. And we forget that Jesus said, fill it up. Right? Jesus said, fill it up. So they go and fill it up. After, like these are about 100 liters, 100, 120 liters worth of water that they've just filled up. Right? And so they go, and then there's this one servant who gets told, take a sample of that to the chief host and get him to try it. Put yourself in the shoe of that guy. Right? So we've just run out of wine. And you're the guy that's just been chosen to get water out of these jars and serve it to your boss. We got that? Yeah. <laughs> Feel it? Like, you're taking the mickey. Like, I've been working here for like seven years in this company. And, and this is the initiation I get to, to poke fun at this host. They, they could get fined for this, right? <laughs> he takes that. And the chief host drinks of it. Pause. What were those ceremonial jars doing on the corner? You see, sometimes we get saved and we're in church. And then we leave church for whatever reason. And life happens where we feel like those ceremonial jars, you know, they've seen better days. God's done some stuff. And they're just in the corner. And you might be here this morning and you think, oh, my gosh, I'm like those ceremonial jars. I feel like God's used me in the past and he's not going to use me ever again. And I'm just going to chill over there and be an ornament on the side. Take note that they were big jars, but they were empty jars. They needed filling, right? 
And so Jesus goes, spots it, because he knows exactly what they are, and he tells them to fill it up. You see, you could be here, and you could see your life as a ceremonial jar. So I've seen, I've seen God move in the past, and you know what? whoop did he I'll just park myself in the corner, keep myself in the dark, and just not bother anyone. No one's going to see me. No one's going to notice me. But here's the thing I want to declare to you this morning is that God sees you. Jesus sees you, and he sees that your purpose on earth is not over. People might not want to use you because of your past. People might not use you because of what you represented. But you're an earthen vessel that God has put a gift inside of that he wants to call you back out. So they ran out of the wine. And the comment that the chief guide says is that like most weddings, you'd start with the best wine. And then once everybody's kind of had their fill, like they won't know the difference between cheap wine or good wine. But this host has saved the best to last. And so with that, can I declare of you, your greatest days have yet to come. You, you may have thought your miracle with your arm, that's great. Praise God for that. But your best days have yet to come. You know, like, I think sometimes we think as a church we'll contain God and we go, God, just 10 o'clock, okay? 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, that's when you can do something. And we forget that he can work the minute you walk out this property. He can work the minute you get up from, from, you know, from bed for tomorrow morning. That God can work, you know, when I was working 40,000 feet in the air, God can work anywhere. God, God can work in your darkness. God can work in your situation while you still think you're tucked away. God sees you. God sees you. And so, you know, as a kid, you know, you hear this at, at, at kids' church, and you're like, oh, cool, the greatest miracle. Jesus turned the water into wine. And we kind of go, oh, it was about that. It was about the changing of water into wine. Woo! And I remember at Sunday school, we used to have the science kind of experiment thing where you had like, you know, some, some red food, color, food coloring. And then you'd put, I think, vinegar into it and it would change or something. You know, and be like, oh my gosh. Woo! Power. <laughs> Kids would be like falling over in the spirit. Nah. Like, and, 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 and I reduced it. I reduced the power of God. To that, I reduced it to that. I was like, oh, God, like it's pretty amazing to turn water into wine. But can I suggest that wasn't the miracle? That wasn't the miracle. Here's the miracle. You ready? <laughs> Here's the miracle. The miracle was that Jesus covered their shame. That was the miracle. The miracle of covering their shame, where they could be ridiculed and talked about for years. About remember that wedding in Cana that ran, ran out shame, right? Oh man, and then you know your, your kids grow up. Oh, who's your father? Oh, remember that wedding in Cana? Well, this is the descendant of that, right? That kid has his kid. And you're introducing yourself to your me, right? Oh, my father's this and oh, the old people would be like, Who's he? what did he say the father was? Right? And it just 
carries on. It's like, who's your father? Oh my gosh. Now, just imagine this. What could have been generational curses? Jesus covered it in a moment. And here's, here's the gold. Jesus didn't just do it himself. All he did was stand back and he spoke. You filled it up. You take that, give it to him. You taste it. He tastes it and mind blown and then spread it. Spread it to all the people to have, have a taste of it. Having had no idea of the miracle that's just happened. People will see your life right now. And people will be like, oh, you're such a nice person. You're always happy. What they don't see is that moment when you were standing in the corner. What they don't see is the darkness that covered you and the shame that covered you. What they don't see is the transformation of the word being spoken. All they're recipients of is the goodness of God that you are now sharing. We're all sipping wine, the best wine this morning, right? But you don't see what, if I were to reverse my story to the vessels that were in the corner. Jesus covers our shame. The very thing that no one else knows about, only you, Jesus sees that. And he's saying, I covered that. I covered your shame. That was my first miracle. Because, you know, because all of the other miracles we see, because people are just going, oh, wow, it's amazing. Like Jesus is like a traveling circus. Was that? Dead man, raised. You know, blind man, see. Woman with the issue of blood, healed. All of those things. Check you now on the other side of the island. Oh, my gosh, look at what we've just heard. But his first miracle, which is what the cross represents for us, he covered our shame. Now, you may be here this morning. Is our keys player up? Thank you. You may have come this morning and you're thinking, oh, I'll just go and do this. So I feel good about coming to church. And this morning, I want you to encounter Jesus. I've come this morning so that you know one thing, that Jesus has come to cover your shame. That your best years have yet to come. Just when people think your best years when you were 16, just when people think your best years when you were in your 30s, there's new wine. And the miracle comes because Jesus covers your shame. The miracle comes because someone else in your world was obedient to follow what Jesus said and bring you into an environment like this where Jesus says, I see you. I see your heart. Whatever you did in the past that's made you get chucked in the corner, I'm going to call that back and fulfill the purpose that I had first intended for you is to be a vessel of honor, a vessel that I will speak to the world with. Just close your eyes with me. Just close your eyes. And in this moment, I'm speaking to, to you who carry shame as like a tattoo on your arm that will, you're just going, it will never leave me. This is something that I've been labeled with and something that I've been told and 
and you're just like, tell me something I don't know about myself. Well, Jesus is speaking to you this morning through my voice. He's saying that I see you, my son. I see you, my daughter. And I'm going to restore you from shame. Whatever is holding you right now, I'm going to break it in the name of Jesus. And I really believe this morning God wants to fill you up with His Spirit in order that when we go out into the world, people will encounter Jesus in a new way. Just when they thought they had you sussed, (laughs) God's about to do that right now. And so I'm just going to, just see with every eye closed and every head bowed. If that's you this morning, if I'm speaking to you and shame's been that thing, it may not be directly just your shame. Maybe you're carrying carrying your parents or your grandparents' shame or, you know, whatever that is. If that's you this morning, can you just give me a wave? I want to know who I'm praying with this morning. I see your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, this is natural stuff. We all do this. Yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God sees your hand more than anything. I just want to know because I'm limited. I want to know who I'm praying with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know this morning that the Holy Spirit now comes to embrace you. And so just with your hand lifted up right now this morning in the name of Jesus, I declare over you. And I break the chains of shame that have held on to you for so long. God knows how long. And so this is what I want you to say. I release it into Jesus' care and keeping. Just say that. Jesus now holds whatever you've just released. Jesus now holds it. Because He holds it, He doesn't want you to go and grab it back when it's convenient. Like this is a moment. This is a moment. Shame broken now in Jesus' name. Condemnation broken now in Jesus' name. Come on, I declare and decree over your lives right now that there be a freedom, a freedom that you will walk in from this day onward knowing that you were cast out, but now God has seen you and is filling you now with the Holy Spirit. So just lift up your hands, those that I'm praying for, right now in Jesus' name. I declare an infilling right now what may look like just water but I thank you Holy Spirit that the transformation and the miracle comes when it's being poured out in Jesus name and I thank you this morning that you hear the cry of your people in Jesus name I thank you that you are at work in Jesus name there's a second group of people that I want to talk to this morning you may have come in through the doors and you may You may have sin in your life. Maybe this past week, maybe this last year, there's something that continues to bug you and hold you back. One thing we're good at in church is we just put masks on and no one will ask us those questions because we all know we all struggle with some of those. But this morning, there's a real freedom. And I want to, I just want to pray with you. And so you feel like you've walked in this morning with this burden of sin in your life and you're like, man, Jesus I want to call out to your name. And the Bible says that if you confess with your lips 
declare that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. And if you don't have a relationship with Him or if you've walked with Him and somewhat kind of life hits you around the corner and you've kind of gone, oh, I'm just not committed. I'm not where I need to be. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you to do something so brave, just with every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, just give me a wave. And in a moment, in a moment, new life, new life. You see, Jesus, His death on the cross, it's more than just Easter. His death on the cross was for all time. But do you know, even before the foundations of the earth was formed, He had died for you. He'd already given His life for you. And so this morning, just going to open it up for one more opportunity. If that's you this morning, just give me a quick wave. This is a private moment. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah. Four hands up already. Holy Spirit. Thank you. your heart. Call out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I receive you into my heart as my king and my Lord. Forgive me for the wrongs that I've done. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me to the cross where I would put to death the things that hold me, the addictions that tackle me every single time for the lies that I've taken on. I nailed it to the cross. And thank you for your blood that washes me clean, as white as snow. Father, I thank you for new wine this morning, for your sons and your daughters who have acknowledged this morning that it is only by your grace that we are saved. We thank you for your power at work. We thank you that you are not finished with us. Thank you that you are leading us from glory to glory. Thank you that you cover our shame. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't you stand with me? Why don't you stand with me, church? Can we just celebrate those four lives?